0: Happy Wednesday, Bashri Ballers. This is Patty Dominguez here with Tim Wombeck and you're listening to episode ninety of the Bashree Society podcast. Tim, can you believe we are at episode ninety?
1: Hard to believe. A lot of hard work and we've uh, we've accomplished a lot and I'm just so excited to bring all these great guests to our listeners and continue to do just an amazing show for us.
0: Absolutely. So today's guest is Matt Miller. And Matt is a really interesting dude because he had a very successful career in corporate and transitioned and created this business for himself, a really interesting model that you're going to learn from.
1: Right. Well, he, his business is vending machines in schools, and it doesn't sound sexy at all, but he certainly brings in a lot of a lot of dollars and really making a big impact in schools. And, and it's something that you can learn from, right? Like you said, he was super successful in corporate and he was able to transition that just like a lot of our listeners, what they want to do is they want to get out of corporate and they want to get in, get into their own thing. And and Matt created his own thing uh, and we can all learn from that.
0: Absolutely. If you would like to find out more about how you can be a boss baller, because it's only so if you hit that subscribe button, make sure to catch us over on Twitter at boss resociety is our handle. We are also on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com boss re- forward slash boss resociety dojo D O J O. And we're actually thinking about getting on Instagram. I know it's like, yeah, Instagram. <laughs> this yeah, just in. <laughs> But we'll have to, well, we'll dive into that and see what's going on over on Instagram because I have an Instagram account and as I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is a good opportunity. So we are growing and bringing you more and more value. That is our goal for each and every episode. And this one is definitely the case. So enjoy the show.
2: Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez couch not included
1: we're back in the studio another great great guest i'm excited to get down to the brass tacks
0: (laughs) indeed well it sounds like you're excited and this is kind of a a cool guest that we have on a completely different industry Um, but he's got a a great story to share and um, without further ado tim take it away with the intro
1: yeah, today we are going to be talking with Matt Miller. Uh, Matt is the founder of School Spirit Vending. Uh, he spent the first nine years of his career as an Air Force pilot before entering the corporate world to work for Abbott Laboratories and then Valalysis. Uh, despite being a top performer for both companies, he had a long-term desire to start his own business and be his own boss. As fate would have it, a random conversation with a friend about the gumball machines his family... St- his family owned, sparked an intrigue for Matt and planted the seeds for what would eventually become School Spirit Vending. Today, School Spirit Vending's hassle-free fundraising program is helping thousands of schools across the country raise money while providing a profitable business opportunity for those seeking personal freedom and added financial security. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Matt Miller.
3: Wow, I can hear the cheering now. That's awesome,
1: <laughs>
0: Matt, It's so cool to have you on. Um, specifically because actually, when Tim was going through uh, your corporate background, I'm like Velasquez. That seems really familiar. And I in uh in my corporate job, I I had some interactions with them. So while we're on that topic of corporate America, it's very interesting. You were clearly a high performer in corporate America, and I guess my question would be like, is corporate everything that you thought it would be? Do have that yearning to leave early on, or did it come to you after lots of years?
3: You know, Patty, I I left the Air Force because I got sick of being told what to do, and then I entered corporate America, and I found out that I was going to get told what to do anyway. That makes
0: a lot of sense, so, doesn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so ultimately, yeah, I had a lot more freedoms, obviously, and, and I— Uh, appreciate my time, my 11 some odd years that I was in the corporate space. But to be honest, um, I learned real quick that even though I could make more money, um, in the private sector, uh, there was even more money that could be made and I could truly get paid what I felt I was worth Mm. by doing my own thing. So, um, it's. It took me a long time to put things together to where I could walk away, but four and a half years ago, I was able to walk away from the corporate gig completely and haven't looked back.
0: Congratulations for being boss free. That is awesome, and and lots to be celebrated too, because we um, definitely can can um, have compassion for that that whole process. And I guess because I've been in that space too, what was your uh, fear transitioning from, from having a job to not, or, you know, did you not have any of that?
3: I, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just what anybody fears, you know, you got your benefits, you got your health care, yada, yada, yada. And, and so I think that's the biggest thing. I, I've never been a- afraid of hard work, Um, you talk to pretty much anybody who knows me from my, my corporate days. And of course, when I was putting school spirit Venny together, you know, I, I worked like a dog, so I'm not scared of that, but it's just some of that unknown, you know, you're kind of led to believe that, man, there's all these boogeymen out there. If you go out on your own and man, are you going to be able to provide for your family and all those types of things? Um, but it got to the point where, where business grew so quickly Mm -hmm. that I couldn't afford to continue to work for somebody else. And, um, you know, we found out that some of those boogeymen were not as big a deal as, as what we were led led to believe.
1: So when you were starting school spirit, uh, vending, this was kind of a side hustle then?
3: Oh yeah. I, I started, what happened was, I was about a year and a half into my job at Velasquez and ended up being number two in the entire country of about 750 reps, my first full year there. And because of some internal corporate uh, politics, um, uh, people above me didn't think that I necessarily deleted, uh, earned the accolades that I got and that I got them too quickly. So my next full year, my quota was increased 96%. Now to give you an idea, the typical quota increase um, in the office was five to 10%. So immediately I was set up uh, to fail in my next year. And I went from being a hero to a zero overnight And all I had to do was take a look at the corporate compensation plan to know that the 80 grand that that was going to cost me in the next year and and commissions and bonuses was going to be impossible for me to make up anytime soon. So I I wanted to start to take some of my security and move it outside of my corporate job so that I had some options down on on down the road. And so something like that would never happen to me again.
0: That's really smart. So then what was it obviously that? ridiculous quota really got you thinking, hey, there has to be a better way. And I guess to that point, you mentioned a friend kind of influenced you with an idea of how to start your own gig, a side hustle or what, can you take us back to that, the epiphany that you had for creating your own business?
3: Yeah, well, I had done a bunch of other things. I had literally collected aluminum cans for a while. I had uh, sold books, used books on Amazon and Half.com and eBay and Alibris. Mm-hmm. I had done a bunch of other things to make ends meet. But but the problem was, I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which you guys have probably read. Absolutely. Oh yeah, And so I measured everything that I was doing against the passive income in the book that he talks about. So even though those things were helping put food on the table, what I was doing was just creating another full-time job for myself. And after ready, having read his book, I knew that ultimately that was not going to allow me to do what I wanted to do. So this conversation with my buddy Damon at church was really that, that, you know, kind of aha moment, I guess for me, because they were doing gumballs at the time. It was real simplistic. And, and, but what I understood was I didn't have a whole lot of money. So I had to do something inexpensive. And while gumballs may seem silly, especially given my career background, (laughs) it was a way for me to make a passive income. And I started there And then slowly but surely taught myself the vending industry and got around some people who I could learn from and ask questions from. And fast forward a year and a half later, I'm, you know, in 150 locations. I've got not only candy and gumballs, but toys and temporary tattoos and stickers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, had actually done pretty well for myself until of course 07 and 08 hit the market tanked and people stopped going out to eat as much and stopped going to a lot of my locations. And at that point in time, I had four young kids come knocking on my door in the span of a couple of weeks selling me stuff for their local schools Mm. for fundraising. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. I'm a parent of young kids. What are these kids doing on the street? Where are their parents? I don't know these kids at all. And I just thought it was kind of odd that they were out doing door to door for uh for their local schools. And because I had spent uh, about 10 years with Velasis with a print uh background, um and of course was familiar with graphic design and all that, though I wasn't a designer myself, I was able to um you know put two and two together and came up with this whole idea of creating spirit stickers for schools and taking the knowledge I had developed a year and a half prior in vending and just changing it up a little bit and taking it to the school environment.
0: So that's really smart. So how did you... Because it sounds like, A, when you got into the vending game, it took you a year and a half, which is pretty, pretty good. Very impressive that you were able to scale up as quickly as you did in a year and a half. And then transitioning to this whole school, school spirit thing, you basically um, brought a new idea and innovation um, to that space. Tell me, uh, you know, can you share with us what was kind of critical um, or some obstacles that you overcame in order to make that happen? Because it's a great idea, but it sounds like it was fairly new.
3: Yeah, it was completely new. I was I was grateful for the fact that one of my good buddies was an elementary PE teacher. And he and his wife came over one night. And we had always talked about business and ideas and all that. Hmm. And I told him what I was thinking about doing. And he said, you know, Matt, that's a great idea. He said, let me talk to my principal and see what she thinks. And so I kind of forgot about our conversation. Well, he calls me back two weeks later and says, Matt, I got approval. Bring a sticker machine down. So- Here I was, didn't really knew what the heck I was doing, but uh, we had some custom stickers made for that school. I placed a sticker machine in it, and the numbers were off the charts. And so I knew I was onto something. What I did, though, is I went back out to do the same thing that I had done with the traditional vending previously, and I started knocking on doors because I literally grew my vending route door-to-door. So I started going door-to-door to schools. And what I found out is... I talked to a lot of really great people, but none of them were early adopters. None of them were, were looking to have the whole paradigm of fundraising shifted and them be the ones that that were the early adopters to right. make it happen. So I was frustrated because I had this great idea that had proven could work, but I didn't know how to reach out. And that's when I found out that there was a trade show going on in the area um, with PTA folks in, in Texas. And me and my buddy Jeremy, who was the PE teacher, and then another friend Shane, who I had taught vending previously to, decided to go in on a table together and exhibit our program. We knew nothing about the PTA. We had two silly little spirit stickers that filled up our whole (laughs) eight-foot-long table. We bought these cheesy black-and-white T-shirts that uh, I was able to get thrown together online real fast. I had a logo thrown together. I mean, talk about, you know, seat of your pants getting it together. But what happened was we showed up at that event and we had 10 moms Mm. from 10 different schools get completely off the charts, excited about our program. And so that was kind of the beginning of it all. But if I'd kept doing the whole door to door thing, um, I, I might still be trying to find my second school.
0: So in terms of, I mean, I just think that's so impressive that you were able to flex Um, take a different approach to this whole process. and, And I would almost say it was ignorance on fire, right, Matt? Just taking that approach of saying, you know what? Instead of going door to door, let's do it this way. And then you found that secret combination to making it happen. What's some some other attributes that you believe are just really essential for entrepreneurs to have in order to find that success like you have?
3: You know, Patty, I love that ignorance on fire. That is my life, ignorance (laughs) on fire. I just, you know, uh, I think one of the biggest challenges that a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs have is, is they get all caught up in the whole, what I call knowledge constipation. They keep getting ready to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, to get ready to start. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chris Brogan, but he he made, he made a comment at social media marketing world in March out in San Diego, essentially the fact that, and this is him talking that I'm going to shoot a hundred times and all I need is one to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pass by, r- blow right by you that is still trying to shoot one time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so true, and that's been my life in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And what I've figured out that there's very little things that I've tried that could make an irreparable negative impact on anything about what I do. So instead of trying to figure it all out, I, I learn by doing. And I know that's difficult for some folks. I know that takes some people way out of their comfort zones, but I'm the guy that will, will have to put the grill together out of the box three times until my wife comes out with the instructions and then <laughs> helps me put it together right. Um, but, but that's the way I learn. And in the process, I'm learning forward where in many cases others haven't learned anything because they're still thinking about it.
1: So now moving forward you 're in you know thousands of schools. It started with that trade show where you got ten moms in ten different schools. So has it just been word of mouth that has spread, or have you gone to other trade shows? Have you learned any other tricks to get into the schools what would uh, what would you say the, uh, the, the the answer is to that
3: I mean the biggest learning is any and, and this applies for any business, not just ours. You have to take a multi pronged marketing approach to your business. Trade shows are just one part of what we do because all of our potential customers are – Uh, respond to different messages and different avenues of messaging. Um, so some will respond to a mailing, some will respond to an email, some will respond to door to door. And we've actually gotten very effective at doing that in the eight years we've been doing this now, but everyone is different. And the challenge is too many people spend all their time doing one thing one way. And then when it doesn't work, they they assume that the business doesn't work well. That's not the case. You got to reach out to people in a multitude of ways today, and of course with the social media options and all that today as well. There's even more opportunity now. The other negative for that could be that if people aren't wise, they get caught up trying to do too many things, and then they're not effective in anything at all. So it's really walking a fine line between you know focusing just on one. And, and, and focusing on too many, um, and just kind of finding that that middle point somewhere
0: so uh, actually, you bring up a, a really great theme that I don't know that we've we've covered on other shows in terms of the outreach, you know, having a multi faceted approach to your marketing. You've been in the marketing services space. So, you know, you could attribute it to you had some concepts down or you had some knowledge going into your business. What would you recommend for kind of the new entrepreneur that is forging out on their own and I know you said it's a fine line but, but is there any best practice that you can kind of offer up to them to how to start
3: start with one thing or two things and and get good at them um I, I mean that that that's huge because I know I went to social media marketing world in March, not really knowing what I was going to get out of it, except for there was just a lot I needed to learn. And I walked out of there so overwhelmed because every social media platform known to man was being discussed about and (laughs) and all that stuff. But here's the thing. I stepped back. I took a look at, okay, what are the tools out there? What are the ones that make most sense? For me, And then what I've done is I've really worked hard to become an expert at those tools. Once I implement them and figure out ways to automate them, then I can move on and add something else to the mix. But, but to try to do too many things all at once is going to sink you. I'll give you a great example. I, you know, the whole podcast thing, aside from listening to podcasts four or five months ago, I knew nothing about podcasting. Um, But I realized that it would be a great vehicle, number one, for me to do internally as a training and community building tool within our franchise team, uh, which we have done now successfully, but then also to begin to promote what we're doing by starting a podcast in the school fundraising space. So. About three months ago, we started a podcast called The School Zone, or School Zone Podcast, actually. And its whole purpose is to kind of be an uh, uh, an online vendor fair trade show uh, for businesses and business leaders to share what they do in the school fundraising space. Um, I didn't know anything about that stuff four months ago. So I have immersed myself in the podcasting world. I took a course from one of the best in the industry, Cliff Ravenscraft, on how to podcast and, and spent a month learning everything I possibly could from him. And then I've worked on implementing it. And of course, I do my own show now. I do one internally. And then I also do these interviews also uh, to kind of help spread the word. Sure.
0: That's awesome. So it's so just to play that back for for the listeners, it's Immersion. And then applying what you learn, actually getting into action, right?
1: Big time. Okay. Yeah, immersion, execution. There yeah, you go.
0: Exactly. So to that point, what's been the biggest <clears throat> aha moment that you've had to being boss free that you didn't know when you started?
3: Wow. What's the biggest aha? Uh, uh, just just literally the sheer freedom, <laughs> you know, uh, I was so used to having people tell me what to do, you know, being where I had to be and this and that, and and to finally walk away from that and to wake up one morning and say, you know what, I don't have anybody telling me what to do except for myself. Now, that can be a negative because it takes a lot of discipline, yep. Um, but I've actually found myself becoming more disciplined as I go because of the opportunity that's available to me that I, in a lot of ways, have total control over growing. Whereas in the past, you know, I had a limited territory or, you know, I had stipulations put on me by the the structure of the companies that I worked for. You know, today, the sky's the limit. You know, we live in the greatest country in the world with the most opportunity in the world. And it's my prayer that more and more people, especially with the internet and all the technology of today will take advantage of those opportunities because they don't have to answer to somebody else for the rest of their life if they don't want to, but they do have to be willing to work their tail off to make that happen because it's not going to happen overnight. There's no such thing as get rich quick, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing more gratifying than getting up in the morning and working for yourself and calling the shots completely.
1: Amen. (laughs) Exactly, Matt. Now, (laughs) To the, talking to that point about you know working for yourself and having that discipline, how do you keep your head in the game? Or you know what's that thing that can get to, that gets you in the zone that maybe our listeners can uh, can pull something from?
3: A, a couple of things. First off. I feel a complete and total obligation to my franchise team to be on the cutting edge and to stay out front. The speed of the group is determined by the speed of the leader, and that's no different in our business. It would be real easy for me right now to lay on the couch and eat bonbons all day long, but I'm not providing value for those people that are trusting me to lead the way. That's so that's number one is remembering that it's not just about me. It's it's more importantly about them and the opportunities that I can help open up for them and their families. But number two, the best decision I've ever made was 15 months ago. I found a coach, mm. a, a guy who had been there and done that, who is a multi, multi, multi millionaire, has bought and sold, I think, eight businesses since he was 18 wow. and uh, and hired him. To be that sounding board, uh, to be that weekly, uh, you know, kind of cross check of what I'm doing, and to call me out with stuff I'm doing wrong, to help me with stuff I'm doing right, to be able to do those things better, and and that has been huge for me because I've I've gone on my own for a long long time, and to have somebody, even though it's pretty pricey, uh, the investment could not be more worth it. Um in doing so.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what's the the critical thing to mention is that it is an investment. And I always think of it as like their hindsight is your foresight. So they cut those the, the learning curve dramatically, right? And, big, big time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so impressive about having a coach. We're huge advocates for coaching here and we're always talking about the importance of good coaching. So to that point, just to deep dive a little bit more into your business model, can you talk a little bit about what your business is exactly? And you talk about your franchisees. Can you, for somebody listening to say, hey, I want to get into something like that. Can you kind of uh, explain a little bit about what it is that you, you have and you offer?
3: Yeah, so what we do is we provide hassle-free fundraising for schools across the country. We put sticker, sticker machines in schools where we custom design mascot stickers and all that for the school – um, as well as make available other stuff that the kids are into at the time. Along with doing that, though, we provide secondary income stream opportunities to people who are busy professionals who would like some more freedom on down the road and who would like to take more control over their situation financially like I did. And and we do that with our franchise model. We set people up in what we do uh, in a protected territory in their area. And then we give them a turnkey operation and a series of uh, systems to allow them to implement in their area successfully, just like you know, me and 55 other operators on our team have done over the last eight years. Um, what's beautiful about our program is it's not an all or nothing thing. I, I started this like I said, uh, working on the side just had a couple of days a month to implement, and the same thing is true with many of our operators: is the fact that they're working full time, but they want to create a secondary, more passive stream of income, and we show them how to do that.
0: That's excellent. So it's a fully turnkey program that you have. So if somebody's interested in a franchise, you offer that whole thing, right?
3: Yes. Okay. Now I will tell you this, yes. turnkey does not mean there's not any work involved. Of course. <laughs> this, is, this is not get rich quick. This yep. is not blue sky. There's a lot of work. But but what I can do with our program is take them from point A to point B in record time, whereas it took me and many of the early adopters on our team years mm. to accomplish what we can show somebody new today uh, can do in a matter of months.
1: So you have created a proven roadmap for people that are joining. Now, just because you have the map doesn't mean you're going to get to point B from point A. You have to do that work that you're talking about.
3: Correct. Correct.
0: So, Matt, can you tell us what's the focus For this year or moving forward in your business. It sounds like you're growing exponentially and just kind of what your vision is for the future.
3: Well, there's a bunch of schools out there that don't know about us yet. And we're in only about half the states in the country. So our biggest focus right now is to work in those parts of the country where we're not. And that's one of the reasons why we're a franchise today where we weren't five or six months ago is because what we found out is in order to do business successfully in many of the country uh, country states especially in the north um, there's a lot more restrictive laws as it comes to business and oh. and doing business and the way to do it successfully in those areas and legally is in our case a franchise so that's why we <coughs> excuse me that's why we become one here over the last number of months, um, and that's going to enable us to do business in a lot of these places that we couldn't previously.
0: Excellent. So if you were to give yourself some sound advice from your 18-year-old self, if you were to go back and give your give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be?
3: I think the first thing would be don't sell yourself short and own a business. Hands down, I you know, I bought into the government lie. I bought into the corporate lie for years. And don't get me wrong. I, I am grateful for the time that I spent in both of those arenas. I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't those, had those experiences along the way. They were all pieces of the puzzle that I needed to be able to do what I do today successfully. Sure. Um, so I wouldn't go back and do anything different. But I would have encouraged myself much earlier on to begin a business to begin learning business, um, because there's so much more freedom in that. And man, I, that's what I get up, get excited about every morning. Is just the opportunity that that's before all of us and okay, what's next.
1: Now, um, Matt, you, you talked offline with Patty and I about an offer that you had for our listeners. Would you want to share it with that? that
3: with yeah. Our listeners now. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether your listeners would just like to learn a little bit more about vending or they're interested in potentially learning more specifically about what we do with school spirit vending. I, I wrote a short ebook. It's only a few pages, but it's called live your dreams. Um, the top 10 reasons why you need to start a vending business. And for your, uh, listeners, I'd love to offer that to them for free. Um, they just need to go to free. And uh, they can download that free of charge and, and get some more insights um, on what I've learned over the last, you know, 10 years in vending.
0: That is excellent. We will definitely have that in the show notes. We appreciate that Matt, that is going to come in handy for people that want to take it to the next level and find out more about what it is that you're doing. So if you were to, to uh, share with our Boss Reballers, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever heard or that you've ever received and implemented?
3: You know, it's something that I practice in my life. And I think it's one of the reasons why we've become successful so quickly. Uh, Zig Ziglar once said, help enough other people get what they want and you will be taken care of. And my entire focus has been to do just that. And because I've kept a focus on our team and providing better opportunities for them by osmosis and naturally my needs are taken care of. And, um, uh, it's, it's just amazing what what's able to happen when you kind of take your eyes off yourself.
0: Isn't it cool? So as long as you're adding value to others and helping them, it's it's awesome. I think that is one of the greatest sayings ever because it's so true. I've, you know, we hear it time and time again.
1: Absolutely. Right on point. Matt, if you can believe it, we've been speaking for almost 30 minutes, and we want to give you the last question that we like to ask our our, uh, our, our, guests. And that is what sage advice can you offer for our boss free society listeners? Something that you can do in the next 24, 48 hours that can help move their business forward.
3: Uh, two things. Number one, start now, <laughs> stop thinking about it. And number two, Subscribe to podcasts like yours and others that provide real value. Turn your car into a traveling university. And in the process, you are associating with people like Tim and Patty and, and others across the planet and learning from what they learn and from their guests have learned instead of having to try to figure out all yourself.
0: That's it. Amen. It. And we we highly endorse that statement by saying <laughs> definitely listen to critical information like this. I mean, this is Matt. He uh, clearly successful. That is our intention to always offer malu- value, excuse me, just like Matt is talking about. So thank you so much for that comment because we definitely think it's important. It's almost like it's... it's It's definitely a new era. It's the era of the entrepreneur. And there's so many resources out there that if people are interested in becoming entrepreneurs, there's no excuse not to be. And just like Matt said, it's about taking action, really filling your head with the right type of information. So we echo that sentiment, Matt. Thank you so much, because we couldn't agree more. Um, So with that, we will definitely have all the links that were mentioned today. Uh, And thank you to Matt so much for being exemplary and just showing the way of what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So continued success, Matt.
3: Thanks, guys, and God bless. Thank you
1: very Thank much. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.